For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Perspectives. It's the show where a conversation about the many ways in which we are different often leads to a much greater conversation about the many things that we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Each year at the holidays, the Jewish Christian Discovery Center distributes wooden Jewish Stars of David Christmas tree ornaments at Metro Atlanta churches for parishioners to hang on their Christmas trees. According to the JCDC, it's a way to share Jesus's Jewish upbringing with our Christian friends and show our respect for each other's religions. And if you've paid any attention to the news this week, there has been a recent rise in anti-Semitism. I said to myself, this would be a great opportunity to invite back to help us make some sense of all of this. Rabbi Albert Slomovitz, he is a rabbi, obviously, and an author. He's got some children's books that we're definitely going to talk about before we're done. But the first time he was on our show, and it's a, it's a great, great read, he's the author of the book, A New Look at Rabbi Jesus, Jews and Christians Finally Connected. Rabbi Albert, it's good to see you again. It's been a really long time. Yes, it has. Likewise, likewise. It's great to be back with you. Thank and what you. a blessing that we have both found ourselves on the other side of this incredible pandemic that shook the world two and a half years ago. Right. Almost now three years yes. ago, yes. Right. And one would have thought one of the lessons we would have taken from that is that uh, the virus didn't care who you were. The virus went after everybody. And so at one point, I think people were, were aware of that and were really looking out for each other. But unfortunately, we seem to have lost our way again. I think most of our listeners have a good grasp and general understanding of what anti-Semitism is. But for those who may not and want to engage in an intelligent conversation with people in their circle, how do you describe it? Well, I guess the easy way is just being anti-Jewish or, or having prejudicial ideas uh, about Jewish people. And unfortunately, anybody who suffered prejudice knows the feeling. When somebody says something or they make a joke or there's some slight and... Um, it's really time that we address a lot of these things. I, I think we're just at a stage that all this anti-Semitism in the news, this hatred, is something we we have to call it out for what it is. It's simply prejudice. And the time has come to be more aggressive in the way we approach that. Anti-Semitism is simply anti-Jewish. And um, unfortunately, being a little bit of a student of the Bible, I know that sometimes the stories either in the book of Matthew, which my book is a commentary to Matthew, or later on in the book of John, can seem anti-Jewish, but they really weren't, and that's just people not understanding. Jesus was Jewish. His parents were Jewish. His family was Jewish. His followers were Jewish. So this is all sort of a, let's say, a, a, a family conversation 
So to come around and somehow conclude that um, that, that anti-Semitism, that being anti-Jewish is somehow okay, is just um, incorrect and inaccurate historically. And, and I think what, what my group, the Jewish Christian Discovery Center, is doing is just taking a more aggressive attitude. And unfortunately, we have people who are who are creating this situation of this sort of extreme prejudice um, that we see in, in the news today. Any student of American history knows and understands about the rise of Adolf Hitler, World War II, the Holocaust. And yet this week, we have heard from perhaps one of the most well-known and popular entertainers go on a television program and tell the audience that he liked Hitler and that Hitler did good things. What is that all about? You know, it's very interesting. This morning, I saw a picture of him when he gave that interview, and he had his face covered with a black mask, just with a mask. And I thought, how symbolic <laughs> that you're spewing all this hatred and you don't even want people to see your face. Uh, the truth is that anybody studies the uh, ideology of the evil Nazis knows that they believe themselves to be a superior race and that everyone else was inferior. And any student of American history can easily relate to that, particularly people of color. That's what's really paradoxical about this, that, that anyone from the black community certainly can relate to this ideology of this superior race and inferior race and not being treated equal. And then sort of to ignore all that and, and, and just to bring up the person's name and to somehow say, well, uh, I think we can find in anybody, any murderer, they did something good in their lives. But this was, he uh, represented Hitler, this horrible ideology and began killing people, all sorts of people who they deemed as unfit. And I can guarantee you that people of color, Hispanics, um, Jews, and all others who fit that category would have been led to the uh, gas chambers. To what do you attribute this, this renewed rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and this white supremacy movement that seems to be more out in the open? Well, I'll give you two quick responses. Number one, we live at a paradoxical time that the most everyone has a smartphone and you could ask it anything and get responses. And so it will tell you about Jews and Judaism and Jewish history, et cetera, where religion, you can become Jewish, you can convert into Judaism. There's nothing racial about being Jewish. There's Jews in China, there's Jews in Africa, there's Jews all over the place. So that's mistake number one. And even at this time of access to information, we have this undercurrent of prejudice because I think people are going online and accepting anything they read. I think that the forces of prejudice and hatred are quite tenacious. And I think they're, they're quite profoundly strong. And that insight for me is just making me stronger to push back the other way. That I think we can no longer be in the middle. The example I give of prejudice is take a little, a, a little vial and it has a plug, and what it contains is poison, and you pull the plug out. Once the plug is pulled, you could blow it, I guess, a certain direction, but my sense is it's going to smell up the whole area. If there's prejudice toward Jewish people today, it'll be Black people tomorrow, it'll be Hispanic people, gays, on and on and on. So we do have to fight this fight and push back 
And that's what we're trying to do with this, uh, uh, our uh, Jewish Christian Discovery Center. And we're starting with children, but adults too. I'll give you an example. When I was writing my book, one of the professors at Kennesaw came to me and said, how's your book coming? And as you know, books take a long time. I said, well, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then she passed me a few weeks later and she said, how's the book? I said, I, I told you, it's coming, it's coming. And then I asked her because I know her, I said, can I ask why it's so important for you? She said, I'm a Christian. Uh, I go to church all the time. And I never really understood the proper relationship of Jews and Christians. And so your book is going to help me figure that out. What knowledge do Christians lack when it comes to the relationship between the Christian and the Jewish communities? Well, it's interesting. A fair question is to ask, why did God choose this person <laughs> and have this background? So uh, Jesus is born into the Jewish faith. He's educated in the Jewish faith. Um, the book of Luke talks about a ceremony, which is like his bar mitzvah. And then he goes on to become highly educated. I, I was once asked to help write a script for a movie, and they had him as a carpenter. I said, okay, he was, but he also went to school a lot. I mean, his followers are asking him detailed religious questions about the Sabbath day and everything else. In fact, we know that in different parts of the Bible, he's called rabbi. So uh, our tagline on our, our card says, discovering our spiritual DNA. And I think for Jews and Christians uh, to sit together and to read the Bible, either the uh, Christian scriptures, or Jewish scriptures, and say, oh, I, I see you look at it this way and I look at it that way. Okay. But at the end of the day, I want people to see that we're all connected spiritually. And so if we're connected, it's hard to be prejudiced against a brother and sister. You may disagree, but it, it's just hard to be prejudiced. So I, I think we... For some reason, people don't understand the, the total Jewishness of Jesus and Paul and all the others. And believe what you want. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, the Christian scriptures sometimes, and as an author, I understand this, written with a particular attitude that might put some of the Jewish community in a bad light. But all that can be explained. All that can be explained easily. Is it your opinion that Jewish people and Christian people have more in common than we think that we do? I just have regret. Uh, I recently met a deacon of a church, and we were just chit-chatting, and uh, most church services on Sunday mornings are an hour, approximately. Ours are two hours, or sometimes over two hours, and so we, and so I was explaining that to him, and, and here's a grown man, deacon of his church, and he looks at me come with a serious look. I said, what's the matter? He said, you know, I don't know what you people do with services. He said, I have no idea. I said, okay. I said, we pray, we talk, we eat. <laughs> That's what we do. We pray, we talk, we eat. And, and I thought about it later. I said, here's a man who's kind of high up in his church and recognized in his community. And by accident, he met me having to be a rabbi, and we were talking about that. So I was able to educate him a little bit about what we do. So I think we kind of go through life missing these opportunities. When people come to Jewish services, more often than not, most often they say, I had no idea. So the ignorance is very close to the prejudice. The not knowing can the not knowing and not having that sort of response when people say, Oh, the Jews this, the Jews that, people say, Well, here's what we've heard. No, I, I want you to respond and say, no, that's not the case. Um, here's what I've learned. 
And here's what I've experienced because then it's like, oh, okay. I found this in the military. I was a military chaplain for 20 years, as you know. And quite often in the most unusual circumstances, once people felt comfortable, they would ask you questions. So I was in the gym one time, literally changing, sweaty, hot. And somebody was one of the Marines I knew. He said, Rabbi, I've always had this question. And it was something about Jesus and redemption and all that. I said, you want me to answer you now, <laughs> right now? He said, yes. So we did. We did. So uh, I think that's sort of my regret, that, that we'll miss the opportunity to learn from each other and just to discover the richness that we have. In the Christian faith, Rabbi, you have the Baptist and the Catholics and the Methodists and the Episcopalians. Explain to me the differences of the Jewish faith. Well, first of all, we, we don't include Messianic Jews in that category of Judaism. We, we consider them Christians who have adopted much of um, Jewish rituals and things like that, because ultimately they believe that Jesus is God, which we don't. And is that the main difference between Judaism and Christianity? Uh, I would say so. And of course, what's interesting, just getting into it a little bit, is that, and I, I want to get back to the question, but... Uh, I think Jesus is perceived differently. I think the picture of Jesus in Matthew is radically different than the picture of Jesus in John, for example. So I think from within Christianity, there's a development of, of, of who Jesus was and, um, and all those beliefs. And of course, there's earlier books written called Infancy Gospels, where people are saying, well, when Jesus was eight, did he know that, that he was a divine? Did he have like supernatural powers and all that? So there's a lot of questions that, that go into Christianity, but the quick answer about Judaism is you have, I'm doing injustice to it, but a few mainstreams. The Orthodox would be the most traditional, then you'd have the conservative, which I am sort of middle of the road, uh, where we use history, for example, to make some of our decisions about some of our religious practices, then you have reform, which is the most liberal. So if you take Jewish law, then our Orthodox brothers and sisters are going to say whatever the decision the rabbis made a few thousand years ago will follow. The conservatives say we're very much bound by those decisions, but it's going to be affected by changing history. And then the reform is saying we appreciate those historical differences, but a lot of what we do is based on our, our sense of personal autonomy. So, so in a real quick overview, um, and the way people offer prayers and things like this, as you go across the sp spectrum of Judaism, the more Orthodox might have more Hebrew, for example. And then as you go to the liberal side, it, it might have more English and, and music, et cetera. But I will say that, that the, the issue I see mostly is this general lack of knowledge at all. And the irony, the ultimate irony, is, is that if Jesus were to reappear, where would he go? <laughs> he would, where would he feel comfortable? I mean, the Bible tells us he went to a synagogue in the Galilee, Capernaum, and was preaching there. So he would, he would feel most comfortable in the synagogue and taking out the Torah scroll and, and reading the Hebrew. And, and that, I think, is just something we should just acknowledge and say, oh, and it's funny, people just don't put those thoughts together. And I think we should more often. What is the greatest takeaway for a reader who picks up your book, A New Look at Rabbi Jesus, Jews and Christians Finally Connected? 
Well, I thought a lot about the title, and there's there's two points to make about the title. Uh, I want pe I think people should acknowledge that he was a rabbi, which means my teacher, and as I said before, and a, a a very strict follower of Judaism of the time. I mean, he lived a Jewish life, and what does that mean? You watch what you eat, and you have Sabbath, and you have holidays, you have education, you have discussions. So that's point one. And point two is I thought a lot about that tag line, which is Jews and Christians finally reconnected, because I was trying to make the point that we really are these spiritual siblings, and without that awareness, we all know this. If you, if most people don't have any knowledge of another group, then you can say, "Oh well, here's what I've heard," and then you just put it out there as sort of fact. But once you have had knowledge of whatever the group is, then then things are different. So uh, I, I, I I certainly invite people to read the book, and I've had a number of people read it, and they always come back and say, "Oh." things I didn't know, and that's interesting. Um, there's so much, and I, I'll give you the background for one second. I was at Loyola University studying the, the Christian Bible. I'm studying American history in the Christian Bible, which is a whole other story, because when you say history, there's like academic history and religious history, but we'll leave that for the moment. Uh, so I'm sitting in a class, and our professor is a, a Catholic priest with a PhD, the Pontifical Institute of Rome, and he, we're reading through Matthew. And uh, he said, well, Rabbi, what do you see in this text? And I said, oh, Father, I just want to sit in the back and take notes past the class. He said, no, no, no. He said, you can't do that. He said, you're going to see things in the text that we won't see. And you need to tell us, because this Matthew particularly was written for the Jewish community. So there's all sorts of references that we won't see. And I said, okay. And that opened the door. And I had in my classes priests and nuns and some ministers, and we had the most insightful and meaningful, deep spiritual conversations about the Bible. So that's what I, I'm hoping we can do is just kind of push people together and bridge this, this gap of misinformation and misunderstanding. And listen, honestly. Was that part of the motivation behind the children's books that you have now written? Well, I'll tell you, if we study the shootings in America or even around the world, it's mostly young men. I decided that I would focus on the children. So uh, let me show you two things. Number one is this star, a star of David that we spoke about. And my thinking was, if as a child you're raised with a Jewish star, I, I would hope that by the time you become an adult, you're not going to be inclined to take up a weapon and go and kill people. Is that how we get the 24-year-old man, Nick Fuentes? Well, it's like I, I said earlier, I, um, uh, I think the internet has been a great blessing and a great curse. And people are exposed to all sorts of negative ideas. And unfortunately, I don't know this person, and I think former President Trump, however it worked out, gave him billions of dollars worth of publicity that someone who was a kid is now whatever known and his views are known. Uh, I do think, and I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to what I said before, it's not enough just to be in the middle and stick your head in the ground or just focus on all our needs. We have to step up. The good people have to step up and simply say, no, this is not acceptable. There are always going to be hateful people. We know that. So to have one person 
It's just the the influence that that he or she, whomever may have. So I'm worried about somebody reading what he says or going online or listening, and also this Mr. Yi as well. Um, that's why the education is important. So my focus is not on faith-based. Believe what you want, don't believe. But I really want to educate people so that people can come back and say, well, let me give you some facts. One of the um, programs I'm working on for the new year coming is a following line. And I'm not sure quite how to do it yet, but I want to say to people, disrespecting Jews is disrespecting Jesus. I want to make it a simple phrase. I think it's time for us to push back in a lovingly aggressive way, and I'm using that deliberately, a lovingly aggressive way, and say to people, no, this is inappropriate. Again, the the Nazi ideology, the evil Nazis, would have killed you and me for sure, and all our families, and I had family lost over there, and so it, it, it talks about superior and inferior. Well, that's Jim Crow. That's exactly Jim Crow. So, man, so to have people of color to, to acknowledge that or to endorse it, that's just like, it's surreal. It, it doesn't make any sense. So I want everyone, all your listeners, just to say, you know what? I'm going to push back. In the spirit of being better educated, because when you know better, you do better. How can our listeners learn more about the Jewish Christian Discovery Center? How can they get your book, the one for grownups, as well as the books you've written for children? And if somebody wants a Star of David for their Christmas tree, where do we send them? Well, uh, the, the, easy, the easy way to do this, because I've done it, just Google Jewish Christian Discovery Center, and it, it'll pop up. And frankly, uh, one year we we ran out of the stars, and so we had some of the kids at the church take, um, what do you call them, popsicle sticks and glue them together. So it's not hard to make a star. Uh, and put it up on the tree, just, just put it up. And uh, I would say look for opportunities to um, meet somebody who's Jewish and uh, talk to people. Uh, I, I do believe that there may be people who uh, drive past the synagogue and they'll drive past it for decades and they'll know it's a synagogue. Um, I, I um, uh, am a rabbi at a synagogue called Eitz Chaim, which is up in um, uh, Cobb. And Eitz Chaim, it means tree of life. And so there's probably people who go by and they see the, the transliteration E-T-Z, C-H-A-I-M, and they don't even know what that means. So, so just basic, basic steps of learning about the other. And the, the ultimate reward is that when you learn about the other, you learn about yourself. And so imagine that you discover something spiritually and that you didn't know and it, it affects you. That's, that can be quite powerful. And so I'm hoping that Google Jewish Christian Discovery Center, um, my name is a big one, Slamovitz. You can Google that also and get the books. If, if you know anybody who wants to support our work, we're a nonprofit. Uh, what, what, what sets us apart is that we're being more proactive and we're not just lamenting the fact that, that people are saying bad things. So if somebody listens who's an, I don't know who's listening, but if you have a, a celebrity person who's listening, I'm looking for a celebrity uh, to come and, and be a spokesperson for us. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what we're doing. As I said, there is hope that children are receptive to this, but, but imagine the children who are not. 
And those, those are the people we have to think about because we want for the next generation better things for than we had, and we want things to be better. And remember that, that example of the poison going out. The prejudice is a poison, and it goes wherever it's going to go, and we have to, we have to keep it in the bottle and make sure it doesn't open up. Rabbi Albert Slamovitz, thank you for making us a little bit smarter and challenging everyone listening to pull our heads out of the sand and to take action. Because as someone said just the other day, uh, silence is complicity. Indeed, sadly. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condes Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condes? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.